Hello, and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Black Widow. Joining me, she loves a vest with pockets. It's our Marvel correspondent, Maya. Maya, what's up? Looking to fly like Florence Pugh. That's what it's up. Yeah, so uh, I uh, Maya, Maya has her own uh, different kind of outfit going on for the pod today. Not that any of y'all can see it, but, uh, you know, I mean, who doesn't love a vest with pockets, though? If uh, if, if someone wanted to give me one, I might put it's it so on for the versatile. podcast. It's so versatile. <laughs> so it's, 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 we live in Florida. Who needs vests in Florida? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Honestly, any single soccer mom who's living in Long Island wears a vest with pockets. Every single one. Oh, well, that's that, that's that's good to know. I did not know that at all, actually. Uh, but uh, Black Widow is the uh, obviously the newest film in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first new movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in basically exactly two years. I think it was like what it was. I think it was also July of 2019 when Spider-Man uh, Far From Home came out. Uh the uh, the op- the opening sequence of the I mean, again and it's the uh, f- final uh, well overdue and we're going to talk about the, specifically why it's well overdue based on the timeline of when this movie is it's a well overdue solo movie for Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff uh, aka Black Widow the again the events of this movie they largely take place uh, between the events of Captain America Civil War and, and Avengers Infinity War but we start out uh, with an opening sequence that is basically, I don't know, like straight out of uh, straight out of the Americans. Uh, there's a Russian Russian. That's enemy. exactly what I thought in my head. Actually, I was literally saying, I'm just like, oh, Stan, I'm ready for my new life. I, I love that show. Americans is a great show. I didn't know you watched it. Uh, every, everyone else should if they haven't. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there's a. Uh, uh, I'm going to mess up his last name, actually, but David Harbour's uh, Alexei Shostakov is kind of living in rural Ohio, uh, seemingly with his wife, uh, Melina Vostokov, and their two daughters, who are Natasha Romanoff and Yelena Belova. But then uh, all of a sudden, like, they kind of have to go on the run, and we see them have to escape that town very quickly, and they're off to, like, a uh, another place where they meet a uh, Russian general, uh, Drakov, who uh, has the two young girls taken to the Red Room for training, which we learned a little bit about in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, and I'm sure uh, other Marvel Comics readers can tell you a lot more about it than I can, but you, we learned a little bit about it in Age of Ultron. Uh, years past, uh, and uh, we kind of we, we see bits throughout the movie of when Natasha kind of broke free of the Red Room and you know, being in the Black Widow program, and to do so, she had to uh, seemingly kill General Drakov and his daughter. So we do indeed, indeed learn that she did some really fucked up shit in Budapest, which we've heard about for basically the entire uh, run of the MCU. Been been wondering what that was. It included uh, killing little girls. Uh, we we, we kind of then pick back up later though in 2016, where we left the characters at the Avenger at the end of Captain America: Civil War. They're they are on the she is on the run because uh, for being in violation of the Sokovia Accords. We see her. Uh, you know, just uh, escape from that uh, that guy Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, who just is like a cockroach. He's gonna be in all of these movies till the end of time, no matter how bad he is at his jobs. She she flees to a safe house where she has a guy uh, helping her out, who I guess is probably a comics guy because he has a LinkedIn uh, or oh, LinkedIn because he has a uh, Wikipedia page, Rick Mason. But I don't even know if they call him by his name. But she's kind of the a gopher, he's kind of a gopher for Natasha, helping her get things she needs. Uh, we kind of jump back to Budapest where we see Elena. Uh, is kill- he a gopher? Is he like a boy toy? Because I like I sense some flirtation going on over there. 
I, th- I think it might I think it might be something where it's kind of like unrequited, uh, you know what I mean? Un- unrequited. Uh, maybe it just kind of goes one way. He's hoping for something that's just not happening. I don't know. Maybe she I, I feel to- like that is she- that is the actor's kind of M.O. Because if you've seen The Handmaid's Tale, it's kind of the same thing. Spoilers. Really? Okay. Yes. Well, well, yeah, it's, it, it, I don't know. It seems like she might, maybe she leads him on to like, get, so you can just procure like planes for her and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, simple relationship type stuff. We, we jump back to Budapest. Uh, we see Elena, uh, uh, you know, on some sort of mission. And then she ends up killing another black widow who releases a gas that neutralizes the red room brainwashing that she had been under. And she sends all this antidote to Natasha, hoping that she will do something useful with it. Natasha, uh, you know, is attacked by uh, the uh, villain known as the Taskmaster, who is after the antidote to, uh, you know, kind of help Drykov in his uh, Drakov in his ultimate mission. Uh, Natasha gets away with the antidotes and reunites with uh, Yelena in Budapest, where Yelena informs her, "Hey, you thought you killed Drakov? You didn't. The Red Room is still a thing." And they decide they need to go and stop it. Again, as I've been tending to do lately, I've kind of I feel like I just gave a whole lot of exposition. But you know, I think the that that is the setup for this movie. But it is pretty entertaining to that point in the movie, so I don't really hold that against it. But that that basically is the the setup for the for the thrust of the plot of this movie. Um, Maya, I. I, I don't always ask the guests beforehand if they liked it, but I was curious because I I was just late to this movie by a few days, more so than I normally would be for a new Marvel release because I was on vacation when it came out. But So I know you liked it, but I'm kind of curious. Uh, what did you like about it, and do you think your experience would have been enhanced? You know, let's stipulate we both probably agree Natasha deserved her own movie before this, Scar Jansen, Natasha. Absolutely. This, but, this is long overdue. But – Setting that aside, because we know we can agree to that, uh, what did you like about this movie, and how much more do you think you would have liked it in the grand scheme of things if they just had it come out right after Black Widow, and they hadn't just decided to do this really late for some reason? Um, I think that definitely the timing of the movie kind of came to me as more of a disappointment, because it would have been something you know nice to have i'm saying before the um the the trilogy of tv shows that you know came out this year i felt i found the timing to be very awkward because it it came about between episodes five and six of loki it should have come out last year i think they were sort of biding their time for um you know movie theaters to open up and obviously you know now it's crossed 100 million dollars in record time in the box office good for them go disney but i when it comes to the actual strategy of where this kind of falls into place with the rest of the MCU, it really should have come out last year. I mean, the only reason why it was just delayed, it had to do with, with COVID and it, it shows, it really does. I think that, you know, people, the, the hype of the movie kind of was a little bit muted because of the lateness of it coming down. But at the same time, I found it to be a really enjoyable movie. It doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, you're not going to be going into the nuances and the psychology of Natasha Romanoff, you know, it's just more of a, it's a nice way to close out her story and then to open up a new chapter um, for Yelena played by the inimitable Florence Pugh, who I will mention how much I love her multiple times during this podcast. She is my go-to new favorite actress and I will watch her in anything. I don't think I named her when I was doing my little synopsis and I feel really bad about that because she kind of like, you know, steals the whole show. Yes, and the only proper way to officially say her name is exactly as her partner, Zach Braff, would say, Florence Pugh. That is the only way to say her name. 
sure. Uh, uh, I, I, I can't disagree. I mean, though, I kind of just want to say it with like an exclamation point, if nothing else, because I was like so taken by her uh, in this movie. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, as it being like a nice way to close out Natasha's story, because, you know, I was kind of worried, you know, I shoot. It's been over three years since we did a podcast on Avengers Infinity War. And I explained how I just was kind of bothered by the ending of that because it was like, I oh, I knew all these people were going to have movies coming out. And similarly, like I was not as affected by Natasha's death in uh, Endgame because like I knew this movie was coming. It's like I I knew I was going to see her again, if nothing else. So I was like worried that like just knowing all that stuff about about her, like I was just going to like maybe just not be as invested in this story because like, look, we're we're. I, I didn't know how much of the movie was going to take place after Civil War, but I just kind of knew, like, look, I mean, I I kind of know what the end game is for this character. My for no pun intended. No, 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 yeah, no pun intended. I just, <laughs> I just I just knew, like, I wasn't going to like. Am I really going to care that much? And I I so I maybe it's just because I had low expectations because I was skeptical of the timeline of it all. But I really enjoyed the movie, uh, way more probably way more than I expected to. I think I appreciated for a lot of the runtime, just like how unconventional the story was for how the MCU movies are. And again, I like most of the MCU movies. It was just, I was just like, oh, wow, this is very different. How we're just like kind of on a road trip with two sisters as opposed to like fighting a villain. I mean, we see Dracov early in the movie and then we don't see him till the very end. And it's like everything else in between is like a, to not be fighting directly against a villain is just like very interesting. It was a lot of exposition. It really was a lot of exposition. I could understand what you're saying. No, I'm not complaining. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying like, I, I was like, oh, this is just different. I'm enjoying watching something different. And maybe that the fact that it was exposition would bother me, if not for the fact that it was Florence Pugh being awesome, you know? Exactly. So it, I was it, was, like, it was the comedic relief. You you had, you know, a family situation. You had basically people who were and, – and especially, you know, it does provide a lot of – I'm going to say – and I'm going to reverse what I said before. I said, you know, not to go into the psychology of Natasha, but you kind of do. You show basically why she always felt like she had trust issues, why that she had blockades. What happened in Budapest? Um, Pest is going to be the way that we're <laughs> going to describe it because of the the comments that they made in the movie. Um, and and basically why her relationship with Hawkeye and the Avengers was so important to her. And I think that basically having this movie fills in that emotional gap. Do I wish that we could have had more of Mila Jovovich's daughter being a ballet, I don't know, ninja? Yes, I do. Absolutely. I would have loved to see that. But realistically, this this was a nice, it was a nice movie. It was funny. It, it did its job. It didn't have to be the best movie out there. It wasn't promising to be the best movie out there. It was just promising to, you know, deliver character exposition, provide clarity, and close off a storyline and then, you know, pave the way to phase four. And I think it did that pretty okay. Well, it's interesting. It seems like you're really satisfied with something that I feel like a lot of people have been criticizing, which is that, I mean, people simultaneously, because, like, everyone's of the opinion Florence Pugh is great in the movie, but, like, a lot of people, while simultaneously acknowledging that, are saying, yeah, but, like, you know, for it being the, the Black Widow standalone movie, did we really get to know Black Widow that much more? Or did we really get to know Natasha as much you, as we should have for being a movie? for the last decade of movies. What else do you need to know? Well, I feel like some of the criticism of it, it like, you know, and I think I've enjoyed her more in the prior movies than a lot of these other people, maybe, because they're like, oh, well, in the, in, when she first comes on the scene in Iron Man 2, you know, she's just kind of there to be like a like a, like a a sex object for Tony to o- ogle at, which, you know, not untrue for part of that movie. And then they say, oh. And then, then, in, then they're like, oh, in Ultron, she's just there to use her feminine wiles to, like, calm down the Hulk. 
And in the next, and then, and then in Endgame, she's there to sacrifice herself for a man because the man has a family and therefore has like more value. And that's like a cynical way of like explaining her arc, and maybe they just like wanted more out of it. But like, I thought they did a pretty good job with her, like telling about giving us those glimpses of her background in Ultron. And I tend to agree with you, where it's like. I don't think they did a bad job of getting to the bottom of the character in this movie just because all the other support because we haven't talked about David Harbour yet. He was just hilarious. Oh, uh, yeah, he was hilarious. I mean, I, I I think that character maybe is almost too hilarious given what, what he also like did when those girls were little, but I, I want to ask you about that. But like the fact is he gets to chew a lot of scenery and be really, really big, uh, give a big performance, and as does Florence Pugh, and it's like, okay, well, just because like Natasha is surrounded by characters that are more colorful doesn't necessarily mean we didn't get to know her better like you would in one, one, two in a solo movie. Right. And, 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 you know, what? like on top of everything, you know, those people who are, you know, giving criticism that, that the movie wasn't, you know, as informative about who Natasha was. I completely refuse that because everything that you need to know about Natasha starts with her childhood, starts with what she went through. And I felt like they described that perfectly so much so that she was willing to murder a young child just to get back at her abusers. Honestly, if that isn't a character description, I do not know what is. I yeah, don't. especially given everything we've heard her say about Budapest for like the last like like you know uh, ten years. I mean, it was gonna be hard for for that to, whatever that story was to ultimately like live up to the way she's described it. But it's like, oh no, child murder. Get it? I get. I, I get These it. These people have never clearly never done a character study before. They don't know. Basically, it has to do with motivation. Her only motivation is getting rid of her abuser and, you know, trying to make peace with her past, right? This movie allowed her to do that. And therefore she was able to die peacefully, mm, sacrifice herself. She, she had her, her turning point in her life. She had her rite of passage. She was able to reconnect with her family and she was able to basically mend that, that broken heart that she had her entire life Thinking that her her surrogate father abandoned her, thinking that her real mother abandoned her, all of these things were completely written and and sealed and delivered in this movie. And for those individuals who felt like there wasn't enough, you know, sexism, I'm going to say that they, she did her interview scene with perfection. She she just she nailed it. And you know, they expect too much from a movie that was never going to meet every single expectation. You you have WandaVision. Enjoy WandaVision, honestly, for those people who are having those criticisms. Uh, true. Uh, you know, it's funny. We, I mean, you just, we, we just ran through some of it. Like, it's a character with, like, a very dark past. So, I mean, I... And, you know, she's not the one that's necessarily there for the comic relief in a lot of the other movies, but you already kind of mentioned uh, they do have Elena for that. But Elena has, like gone through like a lot of the same stuff natasha did it's like a incredibly dark past to to quote the movie she is the most accomplished child assassin in russia come on yeah so not only did like uh like i i, I don't know how how many people were supposed to believe that like natasha killed before she defected the shield but like it seems like elena eclipsed that you know uh and and went through all the same other terrible like black widow red room stuff too Yet, you like know, getting their uteruses removed. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not great. Uh, and I, I actually think that scene was very well done. Like, I, I thought that it kind of provided, I'm going to say, a 
glimmer of comedy to very, very dark situation that has been unspoken throughout the entirety of the series. All right. So that's what I wanted to ask you, though. Like, so you, it seems like you would think you, you would agree, though, that you think the movie did a good job of, like, you know, paying the proper uh, respect and treating the subject matter tastefully with respect to everything these women have gone through while also still being funny. Like you think it did do a good job of striking Absolutely. that balance. Absolutely. Yeah. This is still, it's is still a Marvel movie. It's still part of, you know, the Disney uh, umbrella. You're not going to be seeing a movie about child assassins. You're not going to be seeing a movie about, you know, getting uh, non-voluntary hysterectomies and you're not going to see a movie about abuse and, you know, I'm going to say mental anguish and, you know, conditioning to kill. That's not the movie that you're watching. You're watching what the after effects are and how people still have their humanity. And I think that if that doesn't encompass what Natasha represents, I, I don't know what, what does. She represents the soul stone. This movie was able to epitomize that in spite of everything that she went through, she still was able to retain her humanity, her her comedic side. She was able to you know, rebuild bonds that she thought were broken forever. And, you know, somebody who is a trained assassin normally does not get that, you know, that 180. They don't get that that um, redemption. And not only did she get that redemption, but the entire family did. You, I mean, like even to the point where. When you thought that Rachel Wise's character, which by the, I'm going to get to that later, but because we haven't even mentioned her yet, when Rachel Wise's character, um, you know, does a bait and switch and you know takes her place in order to basically you know save the day, that even basically shows that the bond that they had in Ohio was so strong, even if it was three years, only three years, it was so strong that they're willing to sacrifice everything for their family. Well, I wanted to ask you about the family next because, like, I, I'm I'm kind of mixed on them in that uh, I found myself, like, really questioning myself for how much I was enjoying Alexi as the movie went on because it's such a fun performance that David Harbour is giving. It's is obviously the, the movie's getting a lot of jokes off at his expense. He seems to actually have some genuine affection for these girls. Yet, you know, he was kind of part of this program that, you know – uh endorsed having them go through some awful stuff in their life uh and, and plus you, he is the worthy adversary of captain america the best it is so endearing when he's like so excited to ask natasha so did he ever talk about me did he ever <laughs> did, does he know who i am so it's like i'm like wow this is kind of adorable but he's also kind of a person that's done even more terrible things than oh, uh, natasha yelena and it's like how, how did you find yourself processing that character because i kept finding myself enjoying him then being like is this a problem that the movie doesn't seem to necessarily be reckoning with like all the awful things he's done it's just like okay now he kind of loves them again now that they broke him out of prison oh yeah i mean like he abandons these children in ohio saying like you know why did you put me in this stupid mission these kids get locked in a freaking uh what's what's the word i'm looking for shipping container and they get shipped all the way over to russia and so what is the first thing that happens is like they recognize that at, at his core, he still is who he is. He's he keeps track of his girl. He's proud of his girls. And like, I mean, you know, for people who watch Stranger Things also, it's kind of like it's a double play because he ends up becoming very attached to a character also named Alexi. And I and I, I think that when you have somebody like David Harbour, who Harbour, Harbour, I don't know. Harbour, 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 Harbour. Um, when you have something like, like you want to see more of him. I, I'm hoping that they have at least some continuation 
of, you know, his character and Rachel Wise's character, in, in addition to Yelena Bolovo, who we know is going to be in Hawkeye. We know she's going to be, you know, coming up in... Um, so you know, excited for Hawkeye now. I did not... Oh, I, my God, yeah. My girl... I, Really, because of her and Haley, my girl, my girl Haley Steinfeld, and and now my other girl Florence Pugh, who's like, I mean, I knew she was gonna be in it, but I did not know I was gonna like Elena that much. So it's like, you know, I'm excited for Hawkeye, but like, Hawkeye is not in the top two reasons I'm excited for Hawkeye. Oh, oh, oh let me ask you, let me ask you. Okay, so what? The, I mean, just to you know, give the audience some clarity, the best line of that movie is, you know, when you when you land and you land in this split and you do this hair flip thing, and then when she does it and she she just like She's scoffs like, at it. She's like, I, she like shivers at her disgust for herself. Exactly. I hope that she pays homage going forward to her sister by by doing that i really do like i like that would be like a subtle nod in perpetuity if she continues to do that especially if she becomes a new black widow sure so we got that to look forward to but i mean yeah i guess i um i don't know i i the the, the i like those family scenes it's just i wasn't sure what to make of them though i guess i i kind of like uh, up to that point in the movie after they've broken him out of prison you kind of get that Alexi's kind of like he's kind of with them, even if you got to question how much you're enjoying Alexi. Melina, on the other hand, uh, you know, we kind of come to realize that she was somewhat of a somewhat of the mastermind behind the the Red Room's uh, mind control abil- uh, abilities. With she's a scientist in that way that's learning how to control well, pigs. Well, then you find out that she was a Black Widow herself, and she went through the Red Room five times. So no matter what, she knows. Like she. She's there because she has no other choice, you know, like why live a life of, you know, assassination when you could be a scientist instead and work with cute little pigs. Yeah, but she was like awful to that pig. Like She just, you know, tortured it for no reason. I felt really bad for the pig. I forgot the pig's name already, but uh, 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 didn't really... she name it Alexei? Oh yeah, she did. Yeah. Alexei the pig. I forgot. <laughs> uh, actually, I, can't, I don't know how I forgot that, but, uh, but yeah, so like I get it. Like she, she did have some kind of connection with the girls, but then she calls the red room on them. Uh, but then like off screen, we kind of, they hatched this plan, which I didn't know they had mission impossible mass technology. Well, in the the red herring. I guess. I mean, but like still she did call them on it. Was that part of the, so was it always part of the plan to it call them on them? It was always part of the plan. Oh, it was always part of the plan. All of it was part of the plan. Oh, so th- th- that was Okay. See, I didn't they, know they, they even explain it. She says, you know, this is what's going to happen. You're not going to have a headset. You know, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. I built this. I mean, all that was part of the plan. I didn't know that till now. I guess I was like, I thought like he told them they called him and then like they go, it, it, this, it kind of. De- How else are they going to demystify them? Well, I, no, I, well, no, I thought that they hatched the plan. Like after, like I thought someone had changed her mind like, after after she called them on him. Like I thought like something really fast happened off screen to like have her change her mind as to like whether or not she was going to be on Team Dreykov or not. No, no, she was never uh, going to be on Team Dreykov. Okay, see, I, I I missed that. I guess that's my bad for like just not paying close enough attention to when they ultimately explained the plan. But I just thought after she called Dreykov, they Natasha then convinced her to uh you know to like change her mind and uh, then they hatched the plan. The whole plan, the entire, so just to, you know, for, and this is my interpretation. I don't know. Maybe I'm the one who's misinterpreting it incorrectly. The whole plan was to get to the red room, which is in a secret, you know, facility in the sky, um, break out of the, the prison cell masking as Natasha, 
get the girls in one place so they can destroy the tie that the mind control tie that he has with them and give them the um I guess gotcha. the, the vaccine. Let's call it the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, what okay. it's called. The, I got the, you the now. Person. Yeah, th- th- I, I guess I just got a little mixed up on the timeline on that, but that 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 that, 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 t- that totally makes sense now. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I like I like that part of the movie a little better now because I thought it was like, I mean, just because I got tricked doesn't mean they did anything wrong, and I just was like, oh, they kind of had Melina switch sides a little too fast for me, and I didn't quite grasp that. No, um, no, Melina was always on. Even, even Melina tried to explain to her that she has, you know, like a sense, like a a pheromone tie to Drakov and that she needs to basically break her nose in order to avoid, um, you know, having that, that mental tie. Like all that was explained. It was all calculated. Natasha was aware of what the plan was going to be. The execution itself was always going to be messy, but of course they're all very well-trained assassins. They know how to roll with the punches. I gotcha. So what did you think about, so what did you think about that, that part of the movie then? It it takes a while to get up to the actual red room, which has been hiding in the sky. I'll tell you what I thought about that part of the movie. I thought that she did a very, very good job. I'm talking specifically about Rachel Wise, considering how her husband is James Bond. I thought that she deserves her place to be a, you know, Bond girl at some point in the future. Hmm. I mean, uh, Sure. You know, I think I feel like they should have just like made her a Bond girl while her husband was Bond because, you know, the, the, I mean, not, Isn't you know, this upcoming movie, his last movie. Yeah. And the, the the thing is, like, why can't they have a Bond girl that's in her 50s and a Bond that's in his 30s? You know, Bond's romancing younger women all the time. So uh, they did, why can't they make a they made a very big deal about that with um, we, the most we used recent to do one. Yeah, used, they made yeah. a huge deal about yeah. it. And like she was there for five minutes. And I was like, really, that's it? <laughs> So yeah, so why can't oh she's gonna be in the new one too? But like why 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 can't Bond just uh, seduce an older woman as opposed to someone twenty years his junior? So she could sure be a Bond girl even when they reset it with the next Bond because exactly. Rachel Wise is like she is that beautiful. So uh, stunning. She, she could she could she could pass for like thirty something even though she's gonna be in her fifties at the next time. Absolutely uh, love her uh, in the fountain. Yeah. I mean, once they get on that, once they get on the the the, uh, the red room ship hiding in the sky or whatever, I was like. Again, like I, I kind of enjoyed it, and I guess some people might think like, oh, do you really need to hide the villain till the end of the movie like that? But again, I enjoyed everything that came before it enough that like I wasn't really that bothered by the fact that like, oh, we're, we're, we just all of a sudden kind of um, meet Drakov again, and he's just like this all-powerful thing that can just can like control this army around the world. It's like, okay, that's fine. Like, you got to have a bad guy at some point. I get it. And it was really badass to see Natasha like sever her nerve. So I was like, okay, oh, yeah. this, is, this is a different kind of thing. I mean, and even like I thought that hiding the villain until the end of the movie was very appropriate because otherwise the I think and this is just my personal opinion that Taskmaster would have been revealed way too easily because there was always doubt that Dracoff was still alive because Natasha was there when she killed him. So because that doubt was cast, once you actually see him towards the end of the movie, then it becomes revealed that he has the ability to you know control people with the technology that Melina ended up developing hence allowing his daughter to live and become the taskmaster. So also a little confusing, you know, speaking of Bond girls, the taskmaster is played by Olga Kurylenko, who uh, was a Bond girl for Quantum of Solace. And she's like, in real life, she's like 41 years old. I mean, looks great and everything, but it's like fantastic. But but like this thing where she kills the daughter is supposed to have happened like, you know, what, six years ago in the uh, in the in this movie. Right. Like or. Uh, or like ten, maybe like ten years ago or something. No, right? whenever Budapest was, I think it was like about a decade ago. But I think that they make it out to so like that girl's like sixteen and she's like supposed to be twenty six or so. But 
you're never going to know that Olga Kurlianko, I think you pronounced her last name, um, you're not going to know that she's in her 40s. She does not look like she's in her 40s. No, but I was like, I was like, wait, Natasha is like a good bit older than whatever this daughter is. And like this, like, I don't know. It was like, it seemed like the daughter, like it should have, I mean, in the at this point in 2016, Budapest probably happened like, you know, like what, like 10 to 15 years before. And it was like, I, I guess so. I was just like, wow, that daughter was like very young when they killed her. And like, this looks like a. Uh, I'm, I'm going to Google this. When was Budapest? <laughs> Budapest. Marvel. God, Google. If if somebody ever like saw my Google searches and how like they just make no sense, and yet Google always finds it. Mm. All right, yeah, I don't know if Marvel like clearly has. I don't know if Marvel clearly has all the uh, the years of everything laid out, but I just I kind of took this the version of this movie to mean that like it was probably at least the mid two thousands. So I mean, ten years later, I guess the girl like we don't have to like we don't have to think about the fact that Olga Kurylenko is forty one. She could be twenty seven, I guess, and I wouldn't be none for the wiser. So. I guess it's fine, but like that girl looked awfully small when Natasha tried to murder her. So, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, they're not, you know, it's not very clear when it is. You've got a really good point there, but it obviously has to be at some point where Natasha was much younger. I mean, like when she, and she was there with Hawkeye as well, which you know we we already knew, but they they gave him like a nice little subtle nod um in the apartment with the the arrow being there. Um, yeah, it's not clear. It's it fine. Isn't. It's fine. It's just the thing I thought about when I'm like, oh, that's where that that's who Olga Kurienko is playing in this movie. And I was like, wait, huh? He's like older than ScarJo, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but not not a, not a huge deal. Just a thing I thought about. I shouldn't. No, you I, got should, a good I shouldn't. Point. I should. I shouldn't have dwelled on it for too long. But it was just a, it was a thing I thought about. Uh, but what do you think? What do you just think of the Taskmaster? Because I mean, I guess it's a fairly well known character for people that know Marvel fairly well. Mm-hmm. I I liked I liked the idea of that character, and it was kind of cool the first time we saw her mimic uh, Black Widow's uh, moves. But I feel like they almost could have done more with her. You know, I I thought that they did a good amount with her. I think that it's not going to be the last time that we see Taskmaster. Um, or at least I hope it's not going to be the last time that we see Taskmaster. I hope that she gets recruited. Um, and in any sense, I honestly, like also as a side note, I definitely feel like I'm a little bit of an asshole, like actively rooting for the bad guy in like the next phase of Marvel, because I am loving everything that I'm seeing coming up, specifically having to do with Val. She is going to be such an, I'm going to say a game changer. I mean, when you're watching like the original Marvel movies, you're, and you know, I'll go back to to the point with Taskmaster. When you're watching the original Marvel movies, you're actively rooting against Thanos. You don't want Thanos to win. I mean, like you think it's kind of cool, but you don't want Thanos to win. I'm seeing her actively recruit the, you know, some of my the the best evil acting I have seen in years, and I'm just actively kind of you know hoping that there's a there's a fair fight going on. Wait, you know? when, when you see her recruit the best evil actor, you see what do you mean by that? You mean like Be- you mean like, between you mean, Elena and between um. Well, Elena's not evil. With- yeah, but like Elena's not evil. That's why I was going to ask you about the end of this movie. And it's like I think at this point with between the TV shows and the movies, she's we're not still a- an assassin though in her core. I mean, like there's no she she can't just you know give up and go to Shield at that point. Well, yeah, but I mean, at that point, it is like I think we're led to believe at the end of the 2016 portion of this movie that like, oh, her and the Black Widow is going to go off and do some other more worthwhile things and whatever it is they've been doing for all the murdering they've been doing. But we already know that that didn't happen because she she's actively been avoiding Val's calls. So Val is trying to recruit her. 
Well, avoiding Val's call. Well, we we don't know what she's been doing. I guess that's another question I have. Like, we, I mean, it's kind of interesting that we've Natasha all of a sudden is just like, you know, she's back in Infinity War and like we're none for the wiser till now as to what she'd been doing. But like, and, and maybe Yelena is just going to get into another trap of you know working for somebody who she thinks that's you know for a different purpose or she thinks that she's you know doing something that's going to be you know redemption for her sister, thinking that Hawkeye actually killed Natasha. Yeah, but and I, realistically speaking, they're the bad guy. Well, yeah, whatever. Like my my point being, like John Walker, like that was like uh, there were good parts of Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but like at the same time, I was like I did not like the arc that John went on towards the second half of that, where they kind of cut. He was terrible, and then they kind of tried to shoehorn him in as one of the gang again before he did gang. Then kind of went to work for Val. John was, like, Walker does not know that he's a bad guy, and that's what makes him very interesting to watch. Sure, but I, I wasn't sure if the show still knew he was a bad guy at the end when he kind of, like, then joined back in to help them at the end of it, you know? That's, but that's the catch. None of them know that they're the bad guy. Sure. So so Val it, Val is – I mean, you might know a little more, more about the Val character. Who, I mean, I really liked how – I like the vibe that I Julia Louis-Dreyfus – I do know Louis more about the Val character. But well, I, I, for... I like – well, I, so I like the vibe that Julia Louis-Dreyfus was giving off in Captain Falcon, the Winter Soldier. Like, I like this energy. I like that she's getting to do something different, and this is cool. But, like, we're supposed to be pretty confident that, like, whatever she's doing, she's recruiting these people for nefarious means. It's a fair assumption to make, right? It is a very fair assumption to make, especially because they have an evil Avengers movie coming up in, like, 2025 or so. Good for, good for Julia Lee-Dreyfus. I was just kind of – I was curious where you thought that was going because I wasn't sure exactly how I was supposed to feel about Val at this point, whereas at the end I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to feel pretty good about – uh, a, a, about Yelena, but I guess the point is like part of Hawkeye is going to be like her working for Val and probably coming to the realization that Val isn't all like she probably is being represented as, and then we'll you know event kind of like you know turn a little gooder. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I there's in my in my personal opinion, they have been very comfortable deviating from source material in certain respects. So I. I think it could go either way. I think that she can either, you know, recognize that Val is does not have her best intentions at heart, that she just wants to recruit, you know, strong people for her own purposes. Um, or there's going to be some form of, you know, I'm going to say switch over. Like, and I don't think that we're ever going to lose, you know, the comedic relief that she has. I think that that's, you know, one of her strengths just as an actress. I mean, that, that is that it really is one of the reasons why she's so alluring to watch. But I think that when you have this next phase four, they have already proven. And are you caught up with Loki? Have you seen the last mm-hmm. episode? Okay. Um. So for this is spoilers ahead for those who have not. Um. Stop. The, 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 this is the, this episode is not coming out for another week. So at that point, everyone will have had like eight days to watch Loki. So don't and if worry. you haven't, shame on you. Yeah. Um. The the fact that the multiverse has opened now. Anything goes. And because anything goes, I have no doubt in my mind that somebody like Val is going to use that absolutely to her advantage. If, if it hadn't already happened at the point where we're watching Yelena and Val meet, there is a theory right now that when um, at the end of WandaVision, when Wanda is hearing um, her sons, that that is the point where the multiverse broke. Oh. So it might happen concurrently. We're not going to know until maybe Doctor Strange, maybe Ant Man three. No, what about what about what about Spider Man? Because isn't there supposed to be a bunch of multiverse stuff in Spider Man? No Way Home. Yeah, I definitely think that there's gonna be. I mean, like obviously, like these are these are rumors that are, have not been kept under wraps that well. Let's let's put it like that. Right. There's no doubt in my mind that there's gonna be a multiversal war 
within Spider-Man No Way Home, but it's really going to come into fruition more presently in probably Eternals and definitely Doctor Strange. Um, And I just think that they're going to fuck shit up and everything that you think that you know about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is about to be flipped on its head. And I cannot wait. I am so excited. I'm a little I'm a little afraid of it. I mean, I'm open to it. I'm open to being entertained. But like for one, like it just seems like a lot of hard stuff to understand. And two, I I'm, I'm like worried it's going to be like a lot more. And two, I'm worried there's going to be a lot more like robbing it of the stakes because anyone can just come back from the dead. And I'm just not going to care whenever anyone gets killed off. Well, yes, and also no, because I think that it was explained very well in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse that, you know, things kind of overlap itself. And because they overlap, just because, and, and, and actually also at the end of Loki, that just because there's two variants of the same character doesn't mean that they're the same. They have different lives completely. That's exactly why Sylvie and Loki did not see eye to eye in that last scenario. Right. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, like, I, 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 I enjoyed what I, what we got to see in that finale of uh, Jonathan Majors Kang. He's a very good actor, and it was he's done so much stuff the last couple of years, I'm and it so was like happy that yeah. they cast him because he's going to be so great. Yeah, and if you've seen uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco or uh, Lovecraft Country or uh, the five bloods. It's like that guy is like very, very talented and can like he's doing something wholly different in Loki and will be in like a lot of this other MCU stuff coming up, presumably just doing something wholly different from what he did in those other things that he had done before then. So very impressed with him as an actor and very curious to see where it goes though. Just a little scared still. Like I, I don't want to have to think that hard about all these different timelines, you know, uh, hopefully they do a good I, job of explaining it. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think that they've already like set this, standard for that because a you have it in into the spider-verse and that was you know a total hit b you have kang basically explaining that they overlap each other and that you know they're very interchangeable and c i trust kevin feige i really do he has not led us astray so far he made nerdism cool again i i think that it, it wasn't for the fact that they had a clear path ahead and they know everything that's going to be happening pretty much until 2030. I, I think that it could just, every, everything is going to be okay. Whether or not there, it's going to mean that people, you know, can't be like, people can't stay dead. I think the only person that they're truly going to bring back is Gamora. And I'll stand by that. Sure. Yeah. I think, yeah. I wonder if they'll get back to her and, uh, and Thor Love and Thunder, or if that'll wait till whenever Guardians 3 comes out. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely see. Um, and, and in case you wanted to know, there's definitely a hint about Guardians 3. If you look at the um, the image of the title, it is Thor-colored. Not Sorry, I'll take that back. It's Hulk-colored. Interesting. All right. Uh, anything else about uh, Black Widow, uh, Maya, you want to touch on before we finish up? Um... No, it was simple it movie. Well. Yeah, it was a, it was a simple movie. It did a good job. Um, you know, all to all those haters who you know were upset that there weren't more sexy scenes. You know, this is 2021, <laughs> guys. Get over it. This is apparently, according to Scarlett Johansson, it was the most comfortable outfit that she ever wore. And I'm like, good for you, honestly. Even like there's there's upheaval about Zendaya's you know portrayal in the new Space Jam movie because apparently Lola Bunny is you know not being accentuated with her you know 
ladyism. She, she's, she's, like, she's wearing she's wearing regular basketball clothes instead of uh, tight basketball clothes, well, and that's obje- that's that's objection. It's objectionable to some uh, men of a certain age who uh, came of age watching the 1996 Old Bunny. <laughs> yes, and you know, uh, you know, for for those men, I I understand it was a very interesting and very um, memorable portrayal. But again, it's 2021, gal. Get with the program. You know, let's let's just allow people to wear comfortable costumes and you know not necessarily have to zip their your their leather black um latex suit down a little bit to show the cleavage you know this was a a fine portrayal and it did a good job for the character and that's really the thing that i care about the most uh agreed i uh again i think we're a little higher than the at least the consensus from what i've seen on the movie but i definitely definitely think they did a good job i just wish the movie had come out sooner uh and i uh, but other than that like i it's just i I enjoyed it like way more than I way more than I expected to. And yeah. I even if I uh, I don't know, I it just it, it, I, I came in with certain expectations just based on me being all weird about these uh, whole, you know, people coming back to life thing. And the thing is, like if Scarlett Johansson wants to be in these movies again, like she'll be in these movies again somehow. So it's harder for me to get sad when I see like Elena at her grave or whatever still. But like even that almost bothered me less than it did in like infinity war for whatever reason. Cause I guess I've come to terms with that part of these movies a little bit. And I was just so pleasantly surprised by the rest of it. So I was happy and I'm happy to see Florence Pugh do more of these. Hopefully she finds uh, more time to do things like little woman when she wants to, instead of just getting sucked into doing uh, only Marvel movies. I think we can all agree on that. So uh, Maya, Maya, before we sign off, anything else you've been watching recently that you want to plug? Uh, minus Loki. I mean, that was great. Um, I am going to um, say if you haven't seen the new Marvel TV shows, definitely watch them. They were absolutely fantastic. I, I think that, you know, the fact that WandaVision had the first female nominee in a Marvel TV show, like I thought that that was significant. Um, it, it is clearly of Emmy caliber and therefore worth your time. Cool. I have been getting my inner dad on the last few days and watching Amazon's Bosch, which is now in its final is season. Is good? It is. I mean, like, I've, I've read some of the books, too, so maybe I'm more predisposed to liking it. It's my first time watching it since my week-long trip to L.A. in June, where I saw some spots where it films uh, and just got a good feel for the city. And it's a great L.A. show. And I don't know. It's made by a lot of the same people that made The Wire, so it's in good hands, even if it's more of, like, you know— a, uh, traditional storytelling in general, like a just a regular mystery novel type of thing, than like uh, what The Wire is. It's saying a lot more about society, but like I don't know, but they just know what they're doing. It's really easy to watch, fun mysteries, good enough performances, and it's just like it, it, last season, unfortunately, just eight episodes instead of ten, and it's like zipping through. It's oh, really. Man. They're really, really good at what they do and just telling, you know, L.A., noir, crime, detective stuff. And uh, it is, it, it's just like very – it's like all short scenes, but they all weave together very well. Just highly yeah. recommend – I mean, shit, there's seven seasons now, and like they actually do kind of like – there's like storylines that run throughout all of them. So it's like actually a lot to catch up on. But season seven is very good if you've watched the first six and haven't watched it yet. And I mean, honestly, like it's – I think it actually takes a step up after the first season. So I know people hate hearing that, like, oh, I got to get through the first season. First season's good too. It's just like the second season is probably the best. I uh, will so, tell you that you are four for four and recommendations that my parents made first. You recommended on this podcast, and that's why I watched it. Oh, yeah. You, 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 started, you started Succession since we last talked. So that's an I binged Succession. You already finished it? I, I We finished it. Oh, it wow. It was so great. And okay. if 
I mean, like, if Cousin Greg does want to be my best friend, I'm open. I thought that that was such a fun show. Um, I mean, and, and, I, and I realistically, like, you know, every single time you make a recommendation, I take it considerably. I think about it. I'll re-listen to the podcast. And then, like, you know, I'll, I'll mention it to Dustin and be like, hey, we should, you know, watch X, Y, and Z. And you have not steered us wrong. Well, speaking of recommendations, Maya um, maybe will be joining us for something in the intern, but she'll definitely be back for saying she and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I've already given her homework uh, to watch Short Turn Twelve before that because it's Destin Cretton's uh, masterpiece, and he's the director of saying she. So I look forward to having Maya on then and having her tell me I was right about Short Term Twelve. You're so, always right, though. Uh, so Maya, thanks as usual for joining me. We still have a lot of Marvel left before the end of the year, and I'm sure we'll talk to you about a couple other things. So appreciate the time as always. Thanks for having me. Thanks to everyone else for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time to talk about, I don't know, maybe Space Jam, maybe, uh, Snake Eyes. I don't know. Is is there much to talk about with Space Jam? I don't know. I, I'm like. I'm gonna see it, and and then I'll decide if there's enough to say about it. I'm gonna watch it, and I might watch it, like, while also consuming alcohol, because I feel like it deserves it. No offense to Shaq. I mean, I'm gonna say, no offense to Michael Jordan, but, like. You mean LeBron? No, no, I was saying no offense to Michael Jordan because I feel like this movie's existence is an offense to Michael Jordan. Oh, well, I mean, I guess only time will tell. LeBron's probably a better actor than Michael Jordan. LeBron can, like, really act. Like, Don't in- tell me that, though. Like, I, I'm still bitter about the whole, oh, by the way, I'm just going to dip out of Miami and, like, you know, take Dwayne Wade with me eventually. That, I can't get over that. Dwayne Wade came back. He gave you two championships. Get over it. I would kill for one championship as a Sixers fan, so I don't want to hear it. He, he gave you plenty. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what, are, what are those three words? Trust the process? Something like that? Yeah, and it, look where it got us. And we, we, we would not be complaining if it had resulted in a championship. And you got two That's of them true. from LeBron uh, in addition to the one you got in 2006. Thanks for LeBron. I've, we thank you. We, we thank I, you I've, for your time here. I, I, yeah, and I've never seen the Sixers win one. So uh, enough, enough of that. Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks again to Maya for joining. We'll see you next time.